Hey, welcome back to Four for the Road, everybody. I'm your host, Punk Rock, and we got a super special guest here for you guys today. He has been the editor-in-chief of Baggers Magazine, of Street Choppers Magazine, um, just a laundry list of cool shit that this guy's done, right? Uh, you've heard about him. You've heard his product reviews on Instagram, probably, more than likely. We got Jeff G. Holt, the V-Twin Visionary. How you doing today, man? Good, man. How y'all doing? Fucking hanging in there, bro. Hanging yeah. in there. Yeah. So I just, uh, you know, a little, little disclaimer because I see the look on Tragic's face there. I was, uh, I was fanboying a little bit before the episode, before you got on here. He's just over here just like, look at this nerd. Well, just don't embarrass yourself. Don't start, like, asking for autographs and, you know, asking when we can hang out, shit like that. Right? <laughs> hey, he's, well, cons- he's consistent. Man, what are you going to do? Yeah, I know, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm nothing, man. So, you know, kind of d- digging around trying to, you know, just get a good grasp and talking points and stuff like that. Um, you started uh, getting into anything two-wheel related. You were racing BMX when you were a kid, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it all started, um, I ain't gonna lie, dude. it started when me and my buddy stole a bicycle and we couldn't get the cranks off the bicycle. So we took it to the local bike shop and the dude was smart because he knew it wasn't our bikes. And he's like, oh yeah, it's gonna take like a day to get those cranks off. So we're like, all right, he's like, come back after school tomorrow. And so we went back after school and the dude that we stole the bike from and his mom were there. I mean, mind you, this was grade school, not even junior high. And um, the lady was like, well, we need to call the cops and blah, 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 all this other shit. And um, the dude, Steve Ames, was like, nah, hold on a second. Like, he's like, do you guys have all the parts still? I was like, yeah. And he was like, are you sure? I was like, well, you know, we gave some parts to this dude and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But he was like, well, how about if you work at the bike shop, put the bike together, work off the parts that you guys already fucking got rid of, and then we'll make it square. So he calmed the lady down. She said, yeah. And I ended up working at that bicycle shop for six years after that. <laughs> yeah, so does pay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, then after that, I worked for a lot of companies in the, in the bicycle industry, whether it was uh, BMX, mountain bikes, or road racing. Like, I was fortunate enough to, to go all over the world with bicycles and then uh, kind of got uh, bored with that. And, and uh, I was already building Harleys as a hobby. And then a buddy of mine um, was like, hey, man, you know how to write. You know how to you take pretty good photos. And you, most of all, you know how to work on, on Harleys. Would you like to work for a magazine? I was like, nah, man, it ain't my deal. And then the dude hounded me for a bit. And um, like a, over, the, over the course of a year, I knew his friend who was a BMX racer. And um, he was like, I still got that job. And at that time, I, I had a kid and I needed like a real fucking job that had like insurance and shit. So I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll take, I'll, I'll fucking take the job and see where it goes. Cause the insurance was good. And, uh, well, rest is history as far as becoming a, a wordsmith and photographer in the motorcycle arena. Hell yeah, man. Do you remember what your, like what your first piece was? <laughs> so I, I originally got a job at street chopper, which was really cool because I never had, anything new because I was broke, you know, I had a 76 shovel head and then, um, you know, I took it, you know, it was an FLH. So I took it all apart and, and made a chopper out of it. And I originally got a job at street chopper, but a month after I got hired at street chopper, 
they killed it um, at the time. They killed it for Baggers Magazine. And he was like, hey, you know, we're going to switch you over to Baggers Magazine. I was like, I didn't even know what a fucking bagger was at the time. That was <laughs> six. And um, that was all choppers all the time, you know. And um, then, like, straight up, the first assignment was I was going to test ride this full ultra, which had everything on it. And um, he's like, yeah, just go up the road and turn around and come back and we'll shoot photos of you. Well, I got to the, to the bet. I went to the road, dude. I turned the thing around and dumped it. Like, <laughs> six hours in. I was so scared I was going to get fired and shit, dude, that like all the adrenaline in me, I picked up that 1,200-pound motorcycle like nothing, dude. Got on that bitch and rode down like there was nothing wrong with it. And I didn't tell him that story for like two years afterwards. <laughs> it's definitely one of those like you like take to the grave. And yeah. like, here it is like 2020 and like somebody's listening to this podcast. Like, dude, what the hell? Really? Yeah. That's like, you want to ride a bike, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh, so you're in Arizona, right? Yeah, we just uh, moved out. Like I, I was I was coming out here a while working with um, a few companies out here. Um, shooting photos out here. A lot of guys with nice bikes are out here. A lot of good dudes are out here. Um, so, yeah, we did that. And then there was a chance for Danny Wilson to move uh, Motor Witch late last year to uh, move into his own shop. And um, I quickly co opted a corner of the shop <laughs> to put my dyno <laughs> in. Hell so yeah. uh, that, was, that was a super big thing. And then it, the rest is kind of history. Like, um, we moved into the same building as FXR Division and Torch Industries. Uh, we kind of we co-opted, you know, the, the right side of the building. They have the left side, and then all their production. Big Chris and uh, Justin's production is in the middle. So um, really cool. Like, um, you know, I'm working with um, a guy named Ray uh, who came from uh, Bartels. He was like a 23-year veteran at Bartels in the in the shop. Um, and then Danny Wilson, who's the crazy motor builder known as Motor Witch. So, uh, it's all super high end stuff here. So I, I get to, uh, see rad stuff. I'm not involved in the, in the day to day of the shop. I pretty much, um, they run the dyno, they hang parts when I'm doing parts reviews. And then I have a photo and video studio with a nice white wall in which to work in. So, I mean, it's been really cool, but I was coming back and forth and doing stuff and it just didn't really work. And luckily uh, my girlfriend Maggie was, uh, was hip to the fact of moving to uh, Phoenix and we ended up moving straight downtown, like a mile away from the shop, in a in a high rise loft. It's like super swanky. So uh, I went from, you know, living in, in uh, LA or, you know, uh, Hacienda Heights, the Heights to, uh, to uh, Phoenix in the middle of fucking, uh, the hottest time that they've ever had in Phoenix, which was like 115. So uh, I spent all morning packing the trailer for uh, Four Corners, and it was 112 out. So God damn. I'm moving away, though. So I'm over here bitching about living in Florida right now. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a dry heat over here, so it's all right. Well, so I'm from, you know, it's it's funny, right? Like you said, you know, like you brought up, like how hot it is in Arizona. You got me and Tragic and Blade over here, just gonna like fuck it, yup, got that. You know, I'm from, I'm from San Diego, and you know that's, that's where uh, me and Blade met, and Tragic's another S- Southern California guy. You know, so 
We we understand that pain, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. My family's all in Arizona, and uh, yeah, fuck that. That's it's it's awful out there. That heat. There's it's a, a reason. Heat, we say. Yeah, I don't no. care. It's a dry heat, but then it, what what they don't say is it dries out your eyeballs. Oh my it's, god, it's, it's, everything out, dude. Oh, oh, yeah. I've got a, a question. So, you know, you've been writing about motorcycles for a long time. Write writing, not just yeah. writing. Um, which kind of comes first, you know, writing them or the writing? Is that kind of dictated where your exposure to like all the new stuff comes from by, you know, being able to check out what's new and what's coming in and, you know, what's in style? Or is it you just write about what you want and kind of steer it that way? It's kind of all over the place. Like it's really dependent on, on, you know, I really keep an ear to the ground for new products. And I did that when I was the editor of Hot Bike and, and Street Chopper and Baggers. So, um, it kind of comes pretty easy to me now. You know, a lot of people know to get at me if they have a new company or a new part or anything like that. So, um, you know, hey, would you like to test this? Would you like to do a video review? Like, whatever. So, um, I mean, that's all about bolting a part on and, and riding it. So, I mean, it all kind of goes hand in hand. But, I mean, definitely first, you know, I was just a dirtbag kid that built a motorcycle or two. And, and uh, from there, and that was about it. It's all kind of spilled out from there. And then do you get a lot of like just you know guys starting out in it who are just you know manufacturing their their first piece that they wanted to do and trying to get you to you know do a review on it all the time sending you in yeah, I mean, that's what's really cool because I mean for me like I, you know my my main my main tower of power of focus so to speak is is you know giving small American builders first and foremost uh, their big break maybe or or letting the world see what, what they have to offer over, say, you know, some dude making a bunch of chrome chingaderas in Taiwan and importing them. Um, you know, that's kind of where, not that I don't review that stuff and or give it favorable or bad reviews based on the part, but really, you know, my my main focus is is American stuff first and foremost. Oh, yeah. Hell oh. Oh, yeah, dude. That's where it's at, too, man. Yeah. So... Yeah. Oh, right, say, right. we, we talk a lot about, um, you know, wanting to support your, your local whatever, whether it's, you know, we obviously we, our main focus we talk about on the show is usually motorcycle clubs. Yeah. Uh, but we also talk about, like, you know, supporting your local, you know, bike or clothing manufacturer, your local whatever it is, you know, small time parts. Um, so that's we've had other guys on the show like Murder Town USA. Yeah. Um, so that's cool that, that you're you're promoting small businesses and giving them an avenue like that. Yeah, man. I mean, in, in essence, I'm a small business, you know, ever since I got shit out the back of a billion dollar corporation, you know, and started with absolutely zero, um, barely even a roof over my head. Um, yet again, thanks to my girlfriend for taking care of me. And I mean, the bottom line, I got shit canned and I was like, man, I need to get a job. I got to get one right away. Um, you know, manufacturers already heard like a week after. So like they wanted me to come in and, be some marketing guy for them. And I was like, man, like I wasn't really down with that. I, I still wanted to maintain what I was doing, but I mean, you know, magazines were dead. So like the big thing being is like, what did I, what did I have to offer guys that rode? What did I have to offer manufacturers? Like what could I do that was going to be different than what anybody else does or, you know, let my, whatever was my specialty, so to speak, you know, shine out and let and, and give other people a chance. And, you know, the new brand V Twin Visionaries, it's it's two and a half years old now. 
And it's funny, like I talk to my friends and, and stuff and, you know, I live it in real time, but people are like, man, can't believe it's only been a couple of years since you started this. Like it's, and we've broken every single projection that we thought we were going to do numbers wise, everything else. And I keep the circle pretty tight. And also I do that with numbers. Like, you know, I get, I get a bunch of people saying, well, you can increase your numbers if you hashtag this, or you can do that. But here's the bottom line. I'd rather have 25, um, I'd rather have 25,000 badass people that, that know exactly what I'm talking about that will buy things that are first adopters and performance junkies, dudes that have bought four exhausts in a year, dudes that beat the shit out of their things over some dude that doesn't really know what we're about. And is like, oh, it says Harley Davidson, I'll, I'll fucking follow that. And, you know, oh, shit, you guys don't do fat rear tires and big wheel baggers. Oh, fuck, you know, like, so, like, we're really doing what we're doing, you know. And, and, and you know, it's not just me. Like, I have a business partner, a guy named Dave Rowe, that um, he worked at Hot Bike with me. Like, he was the number one sales guy at Hot Bike, and then they kept cutting his commissions and shit. So he's like, fuck you, I'm out. And he moved to Tennessee with his wife. She works at, She's pretty high up at Nissan. Um, and they're based out of Tennessee. So um, he moved there and I didn't talk to him for like a year. And then when I got shit canned, he was like, Hey man, we need to do, or you need to do something. What do I, what, how can I be involved in that? And a lot of people reached out to me, you know, like Dan at Dixon, Danny G, like mm -hmm. a, a bunch of people, Ray and, 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 and Danny Wilson. And, and like, what the fuck are you going to do? And, and the best thing is my girlfriend was like, look, man, you're going to take six weeks off. You ain't going to do shit. You ain't going to talk to nobody. You're going to sit on your fucking ass and watch TV and do nothing and figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your fucking life. And she's like, I'll cover the bills. I'll do all this. I mean, trust me, dude. It's like total sainthood. And um, I just hatched this plan. Like, bottom line, I was like, let's just do this. Let's call it this. We had a couple working titles that, that totally would have went, you know, as soon as you heard them, your brain would have went that way instead of what we're doing with Become Visionary. So, I mean, that the big thing with that is I'm not a V2 Envisionary, dude. Like, I'm, I'm not the V2 Envisionary. Like, I'm, I'm the curator of this realm of people and, and parts and bikes and things that I feel are, 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 you know, months, years, decades ahead of what other people are doing in the industry. And, um, you know, I started off with a couple strong advertisers on the website, which I was very uh, happy about that we're able, you know, now we've build every single space in the website without doing fucking pop-ups and all the other dog shit, which I'll never do um, with side ads, you know, and, and, you know, I can, I can make a living at this now and, and, you know, doing videos for people. And yeah, I mean, I don't charge for, for parts reviews or anything, but if we do like an install video or things like that, manufacturers can step to me and be like, cool, we want to see our parts being installed. And, and, you know, you guys have, I mean, dude, like I got two of the best, techs here that are two of my best friends you know actually my two best friends so like it really works good for me i'm sorry that's the long and short of your answer dude but <laughs> <laughs> no no appreciate it lady had a question yeah i gotta yeah. hop off in a minute but um i just want to commend you because you kind of fell into working for let's say toys r us and you did a good enough job that they hired you right and the future of motorcycles is not going to be the big companies, no. Harley and Indian. It's going to be the visionaries as yourself, the people who are doing real innovative things. It's kind of like a tech company. Yeah. Know? 
So you might find yourself in the position of Bill Gates one of these days, you know, or in, you know, um, what's the other one? Steve Jobs. Yeah. For the motorcycle world. So keep doing what you're doing and give yourself a little little more credit than than, than you're giving yourself for. Well, for me, like, I I just let it go. Like, I let it evolve. Like, the the company's gone pretty much the way that I, I intended it to go, but there's been certain things along the way that I've gone, you know, like I, I never really was had a hard and fast, which I learned from dudes like Bill Gates. I learned from uh, Dan Dreyer at Dixon and, and other people, man. Like I learned that and other companies um, like Vans, who's been out of business like three times and now they're stronger than ever. Like I learned you got to let your business evolve the way it's going to evolve. You can't push it in one direction and expect it to only go that way. And when you're a media company, which my job is giving information, I don't sell, well, I sell t-shirts or fucking whatever, but like, um, my job's not making a part and selling it. My job is having bike shows for people to go to. My job is having, um, you know, posts on Instagram every day, you know? So I kind of work with this ball of nothingness, so to speak, and make something out of it. I mean, it's the ultimate pulling shit out of your ass to do it. I mean, that's how I need to live. We're real familiar with uh, doing that for us on our daily lives over here. Um, Do you still, do you still build and work on bikes? Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, uh, this year, you know, it's luckily for me, I've got a lot of great guys around me that, 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 um, I mean, it's kind of two sided. Like I always get a bike to build myself, but then time constraints and I can't be on one side of the camera and be on the other side of the camera doing it i've tried it's horrible um so like a lot of stuff like most of my big builds the big v2 and visionary builds are always like me and one or two other guys that do it um this year i I bought a bagger i haven't done a lot to it but yeah uh, i'm gonna build that and then next year like pretty much i'm down to one bike build a year we do like we've been doing so big bike builds at ground up and i'll be doing fxr next year which is gonna be kind of crazy um, you know, I can do bolt on the parts, do this, do that. But when it comes to, you know, technical shit like wiring and, and all the crazy stuff, then I got to hand that off to, to my guys, you know. I guess my follow-up question to that would be when you do decide to build on a bike or you have like a bike that you get, you know, stock and you're like, which direction am I going to go with this? Uh, for our listeners and readers, what would you give them as a tip on that? Because for me, every time I've gotten a bike, I have a cool idea in my head, I think. And by the time it's done, it looks like dog shit Frankenstein. <laughs> well, yeah, man. But we're, you know, I'm sorry for cutting you off here, Jeff. But we, we have the fucking go-to, bro. Fucking T-bars, D&D exhaust, black mag wheels. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, you know, like, I, I'm big in the performance stuff. So, like, it's got to be, uh, one, it's got to be lighter than stock two it's got to be faster than stock three it's got to handle better than stock and four it's got to break better than stock like if anything makes the bike heavier or not ride good whether it's the circumference of the wheel like i won't use 21 like people like you can ride a 21 fine and, and i did ride a 21 on the bike we built to ride to sturgis but it's like on my personal stuff dude like it's always i mean it's 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 kind of like what you said like my shit's like Brock's carbon fiber wheels. Like I'll spend the money for those. Um, it's got to have some nice flat T bars um, or a bar setup. You know, something like FXR Division or IMS 
or um, you know, a lot of the new flat MX bars. ODI has a really cool bar out now. And then whoever's risers are cool. Um, it's got to have a, a seat, like a step up or a, or a kickflip. Um, and it's got to have fucking horsepower and big brakes. Like, that's, that's the big deal. I mean, I would rather do, I mean, I tell people all the time, do suspension for, do, you know, intake exhaust and suspension first. Because, first of all, you want your fucking Harley to sound like a Harley, and they sound like sewing machine stock. Yeah. You need to do that. Um, I mean, those would be the big three. Like, the big five, of course, is, is you know, brakes, suspension, uh, motor work, and seating, which would be bars and seat, and whatever floorboard you want. And then go from there. I mean, you know, a lot of my bikes are the same color that they came stock, same tank badges that they came stock. Um, so, like, the finish of my bikes, I kind of run out of time on, or I, I, I just want to ride the bike. Like, a lot of people give me shit because I had a black fairing on my silver bike and I never painted it. And then I got a silver fairing and I broke the fucking thing going at Sturgis. So I put a black one back on. I didn't get it painted because we're going to four corners. Like, you know, I, I do between the rides and the events we do, it's two weeks out of every month I'm, I'm gone or doing shit. So, and that's even during the COVIDs. And that's almost half of what we had planned for this year with our uh, bike show series we're doing with Harley Davidson. Bro, are you guys hiring? Like, <laughs> I literally have people that that come from all four corners of the United States to help me out for free at these events, man. And I, I can't say enough or thank them enough for that, dude. Like, currently, you know, I got enough money for for rent and for my van payment. And that's about it. <laughs> Yo, that's a sick fucking van, though. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we ended up getting the trailer to match. Um, and wrapped them, and now it's cool. it looks fucking nuts going down the road. Because I mean, it's I didn't want to put like Harleys and bikes and shit all over it, so you knew that. Yet again, with me, it was for the people that fucking knew what was up already. We're like, oh fuck, V Twin Visionary. A lot of people come up at gas stations. They're like, what do you do in the in the V Twin world? People that already have bikes, but like nobody knows when we're when we're rolling down the road that it's fucking it has anything to do with motorcycles that they don't know. Right, it definitely does have a uh, like a van shoe company feel to it. Yeah, it, and I, it's fucking rad. I did kind of rip off Danny Danny uh, G on his van that he did, and then actually, what's crazy is Roji from Black Flies sent me a picture of a van that they did in Japan like fifteen fucking years ago, and it was exactly the same. <laughs> he's like you rip off i was like oh. he laughed afterwards but i was like oh fuck i mean nothing's ever been fucking done you know like yeah. everything's been done before especially i mean that just came from back when i had nothing dude i, I bought stickers from sticker guy you know like this punk rock sticker guy in reno that prints like 250 stickers for 25 bucks and i had those v2 visionary stickers made and then for my uh instagram fucking photo dude for I just had those stickers laid out. I took a photo and then it's just really gone from there. Like all my graphics have that. Like now, like the guy that did my van, he gave me like 10 feet more of that shit. So I'm covering chairs and tables and everything else with that. And, uh, I'm building a podcast studio in, in the shop in Phoenix and the walls are going to be covered with that too. So it's going to be fucking nuts. Right the fuck on, man. Yeah. 
Dude, that's fucking badass. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just doing what I want to do and the way I want to do it. And it's pretty crazy, like, the reception I've gotten. And then kind of, you know, it happened with the guys I'm talking about. You know, my group of friends and then the people that followed me on Hot Bike and that kind of stuff. Um, but then now, I mean, there's there's major companies and major distribution houses that that hit me up. Like, it's Sturgis, dude. Like, you know, big ass distribution house. It's like we want to do stuff with you. Whenever you need anything to, to build a bike with and take it on the road again, call us, you know? And that was like that that happened every day at Hot Bike because we had two hundred and fifty thousand fucking Instagram followers and one point seven million Facebook followers. And that was all organic. Um luckily we got on that really early before you had to pay to play. Now I'm sure if I threw them a thousand bucks a month, I'd have a hundred thousand followers and a fucking check mark. But that yeah. you know that ain't my steez. So it, we ain't playing that game. Oh, yeah, we feel you on that. We're at uh, what are we? Do we just pass uh, five thousand followers on our Facebook? Bro, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like the first thousand was cool. I was just like, oh yeah, fuck the other guys. Then I was just like, yeah. it's not eighty. Like, <laughs> right? Oh, I know. Man. Like it's just it's the way it's the way it shaked out. Yeah. And it's so fucking pay to play now on both of those platforms. It's not even funny, dude. Like, yeah, absolutely. They, they you know, have you down into the darkest holes if you're a business account and you do not give them money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they make it seem like you obviously need to because they can control the algorithm. They can you yeah, know, they get you out there more. You know, floodgate taken open. And yeah. I mean, I've yet to do it. Like, we do some paid stuff with, with advertisers like D&D. And that, but I've never like paid for like an independent post because it's so weird. Like, why would I? Yeah, I almost did one time. One time, I almost broke and did it, and it was when we separated from the previous page, which had much more uh, a much higher following. There was like eighty thousand followers, and we switched over, and then we're like, oh, we've got like two thousand followers. And I, being impatient, and I almost I had my credit card information in there, and then I was like. No, I'm not a pussy. I'm not doing that shit like that. <laughs> it's hard, dude, and you're doing it the hard way. But like I said, you're getting you're getting followers that want you. You know, yeah. not dudes that they'll flip more, by more interactions for sure. Yeah, more genuine, sure. more genuine interactions. Both agreed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I got one more question on the parts section, just because yeah. I've always wondered this one: Is there anything that you would pick OEM over aftermarket? Oh man, that's fucking. That's a good one. Yeah, like, I mean, definitely things like small things like uh, oil filters and batteries, like HD for sure has got, got that on lock. Um, and, and I mean, there's a lot of other things, too. Like I tell people like and, I, and you know, I do support small businesses and stuff, but I'm like, I tell people like with with uh, like brake rotors and shit, like I'm like straight up. OK, so you're going to buy brake rotors for some dude that makes them at his house or farms them out at his house all well and good or you can buy some somebody from a, a european billion dollar a year corporation that has machines testing equipment test riders insurance shit like that like there's certain things like yeah cool a set of handlebars is, is wholly different than a set of brake or a brake rotors and you know um you know, uh, Brem Brembo makes almost all Harley stuff now. So you're getting Brembo quality stuff that doesn't say Brembo on it. So, I mean, I would say definitely those three things. Like, I, there's people, like, I can't believe they buy a brand-new bagger that have spoke-mounted rotors that are really nice, and 
Brembo calipers, and then they ditch them for some weird fucking wavy caliper and some other shit. I'm like, dude, like, wow. Like, people are getting people are that. getting bad advice though. Um, I think a lot of people didn't know they were Brembos. You know, uh, what's one of the first bikes that Harley put out that still kept the Brembo logo on it was the the, the Lowrider S. That's the Softail one. Yeah, and then of course the the electric bike too has it on there. Yeah, and then um, Indian has it on the Challenger as well. And people were raving. They're like, "Who's got Brembos?" And we're like, "Yeah, it's been that way the whole time." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most, well, most well, people are getting advice from somebody else, so they're not that creative. And when you yeah, use somebody else's idea, that they get their advice from. I mean, I hear it. I've heard it for you know decades now. Like, um, you know, we all run this, and it's really good. Blah blah blah. I'm like, hey man, if it, I say this for everybody, it works for you, and you like supporting certain brands and certain people. That's that's all you, man. Like, you know, we all have our allegiances to to, to places, people, and things. I mean, you know, especially you with the Mongols hat on. Like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, no bullshit, dude. Like, and. You know, with, with that, you work with certain people. I work with certain people. Like, you know, I'm really, like, I, you know, like I was talking to Punk Rock, dude. Like, I've, I've dealt with motorcycle clubs my whole, my whole career. I've got good friends that are in this club, good friends are in that club, good friends that are here and there and everywhere. And, and I mean, you know, I, I, I definitely take people as individuals and have to for my job being Switzerland. And um, it's always served me well. Sometimes, you know, I, there's always some guy at some club that's mad at me any given week of the year. Yeah. And it changes throughout all the clubs of everybody, whether it's the soldiers for Jesus or these guys or those guys or fucking whoever, dude. Like, I'll say or do something. Really, it's like what I say or what I propose and do. That pisses somebody off in some way. So, I mean... Now that I'm in Arizona, I can carry a gun. It's no big fucking deal. But <laughs> it's always, you know, up for debate. So, I mean, yeah. I've never really had issues. And you can't, the please, you can't world, please everyone. Yeah. yeah. And in the business world, the only, you know, the only color that matters, you know, really to you is the green that's in your pocket. You know, Agreed, man. everybody wants the good parts. Everybody wants quality stuff. If you're shopping, okay, you know, I would listen to maybe what someone has to say. If you're, you know, a customer that's, Spend any on parts. Otherwise, eh, give two shits what you have to say. Right. And I mean, that's the deal. And I, I see, you know, it bums me out sometimes because I'll tell people straight to their face, like, hey, man, you should buy this. And then they buy somebody else's jackass shit and it breaks or it's bent or it's crooked or it doesn't fucking work right. And I'm like, look, man, I told you what to buy. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not the only guy telling people what to do or what to buy or whatever. But I'm like, fuck, dude, like, I see you know, 80% of the parts on the market, I get to touch them and feel them and, and put them on a bike and fuck with them. Like, yes, that's as close as an expert as you can get really. So yeah. if they choose yeah. not to take your advice, then yeah, I call them. I, everybody always tells me in it, since day one, it's always been tuner, tuner. The first thing you need is a tuner. For what? Like, it really depends on the sum yeah. of parts. Like, you know, if, if you're going to, for us, I, I mean, you know, owning a dyno and, and dyno literally dyno tuning everything I have, either if it's brand new or not, or highly modified with a blower or whatever else on it. Like it's gotta be, I mean, you got to tune them at a certain level, but I mean, if you're putting an air, air cleaner and a pipe on it, dude, like you really don't need to. And I know a lot of people say you do, but when you start fucking around with cams and, and that kind of stuff, throttle bodies, injectors now, 
Um, it's a whole new world. And, you know, with Harley's CAN bus system, electronically controlling that stuff is really difficult now. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you gotta, you can't just be cutting fucking wires anymore. Like, like we used to on Evo and, and that shit. So like bottom line being like a tuner, if you do anything more than a pipe and intake, you fucking need a tuner, man. And, yeah. and you need a dyno tune. Yeah. I definitely should have came to you for the advice. Cause I, uh, you know, I've got uh screaming Eagle intake, but I have two brothers, uh, exhaust. And then because of all the harping, everybody said the tuner, the tuner, the tuner. I went and got the most expensive fucking tuner, that power vision with the screen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with it. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Well, bring it to Phoenix, dude. We'll throw that thing on the dyno and, and get it tuned up. We we exclusively use power vision at, oh, right. on my dyno in, in their shop to collect. Oh, yeah. I'll take you up on that one. No problem. Man. Fuck yeah, man. Dude, so speaking of like business ventures and stuff like that, you're also the only man that I know that has a Dixon flannel. <laughs> yeah, I, I got it. we launched that Dixon flannel. I'll tell you, we sold out two days. We sold fifteen hundred flannels and, and literally sold eight hundred of them in about three hours at Sturgis. There was a line almost I don't know half a mile long, half a day. And yeah, um, I would have been that dick and just be like, oh hey man, can you like. I'm getting ready to tell my shoot. Can you like hold my beer real quick? And then like the second the dude like tries to be nice to take my beer, like, oh hey, what's going on, man? I'm punk rock. Uh, y'all got a large? Like, can I <laughs> get one of those? Dudes kind of coming around the back, you know, dudes that I've known for years. And, and that's how like, you hey, hey, hey. bros. Right. And I was like, hey man, you know, you gotta get back in line with all the other dudes. Like, yeah, I've got a buddy. He's got like 50 Dixon flannels. I'm like, we're in Southern California. What the fuck do you need a flannel for? It's hot. In Arizona, at least it gets cold in the wintertime. Yeah. But yeah, I was very fortunate. Like um, we, Dan, Dan and I, Dan Turner and I, we've known each other for years uh, since he was a kid before Dixon, before he even moved out to Arizona. Um, and we were really good friends. And uh, it, it, to see his business grow into this amazing, you know, twenty-something million a year, you know, biz, business. Um, see his daily uh, struggle to. to between being a dirtbag punk rock kid from Anaheim like me and then being a millionaire is a crazy thing. And his work ethic and everything is definitely inspirational to me. Like I, you know, I, I tell everybody like, you know, like he stepped to me about learning how to write and learn, you know, how to, how to be part of like an editorial process in a magazine and just learn how to write. And, and I definitely tell people now the teacher has become the student because uh, getting what that guy has, you know, just, just a taste of what that guy has and does is, is very inspirational. Um, so when we were working on doing, I, I had an idea, a crazy idea uh, for a flannel at Hop Ike, and he kind of, it was so weird that he wasn't into it. I wanted to do a flannel that was black in the front and didn't have a collar and had colored sleeves, so it looked like you were wearing a vest already. And uh-huh. Right. I mean, it, it, it's, it's probably already been done again or whatever. And then I was going to do one with black with the, with the collar. So it looks like the collar poked out and then with the plaid sleeves. But uh, he was like, yeah. And so he's a visionary thing. He was like, hey, man, we should do a, flat, a flannel. And I was like, cool, you know. And I, I kind of was like, fuck yeah. But I didn't want to be like all up in his shit because he's a busy dude. So waited like six or eight months. And I, I just texted him, hey, man let's do this flannel this year and I'll debut it at Sturgis. 
And he's like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, are you sure you want to? He's like, oh, we'll do it during Sturgis. I was like, no, man, I, I want to release these things at Sturgis. This was pre-COVID, by the way. Yeah. And he was like, do you know really how difficult this shit is? Like, and I didn't. I was like, fucking dude, I'll just get flannels and sell them. Like, big deal. Like, no big deal. What could go wrong? I'm going to get some fucking flannels, a, a fucking trailer load of flannels, and I'm going to fucking take them to Sturgis and sell them. Well, oh, my God, dude. I'll never do that again. <laughs> all like the Dixon community was pissed at Danny for, for them not being able. Sorry, my, everybody in the world is fucking texting me right now. It's really bugging me, including my partner, <laughs> who's supposed to fucking know I'm on this. Um <laughs> Sorry. You're good, man. Don't try. Uh, don't try. It's all good. So, like, the COVIDs came and the flannel came and everything, dude. Like, um, he just texted me, sorry, I'm thinking about all this at once. Like, <laughs> um, so now comes, we do the sale. I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll sell some of them, you know, and then we'll give them, you know, whatever. You know, I was hoping we'd sell out. I didn't get that many, you know, big companies buy thousands of them, you know, that they do collabs with. And then we like we started selling at 10 a.m. on on the Sunday, and um, we got there at eight, and there was already 100 people in line. Jesus. And I learned that there's like these Dixon junkie groups on Facebook. I didn't know about that. And Danny's like, "Hey, man, you know you can't sell these flannels this way. People are gonna get mad." And I was like, "This was before." And I was like, "I don't give a fuck, dude. Like they're my flannels, like." Okay, and then after that, after I heard all this stuff, I was like, okay, what do I do, Danny? Like, ooh. And uh, so we devised this plan, and I know that um, SNS sold some there, but they also had them online. And then um, Brian Clock Clockworks had some too. Um, and he's like, man, it's going to get like really, you know, kind of convoluted, people not knowing. And people came, people like went to SNS to buy my flannel and all this other shit. Like, they didn't get it. Um, you know, you send a direct thing out, people still are like asking a bunch of questions or whatever. Yeah. Nobody was. At the we had like ten people there helping us take money, but like some people were giving us cash, some people gave us Venmo, some people gave us credit cards, some people gave us PayPal, and it literally took Maggie. She did it all. She's like a a forensic fucking uh, number cruncher, dude. So she went back and. We figured out exactly what we sold and for what and when, and it was crazy. And you know, I was like, told Danny, I was like, well, we should have just released those online and you could have just sold them all. Yeah. <laughs> it was a dick, but like, either way, like, no you, got a good, you got a good story out of it too. Though. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, dude. And yeah, that, that was definitely not a uh, work smarter, work harder story though, for sure. Because yeah. I know the guys. I, I have a couple of Dixon fan friends, and they wait. For the second that it comes oh, online, yeah. boom, 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 boom. and it sells out in like an hour on certain ones. Yeah. Like, oh like, yeah, like fortunate enough up in Phoenix. You know, we're in Phoenix, so I can and I know the motherfucker, so I can go there and be like, hey man, can I get that final like ten minutes before? Usually, like you can't even get them days before. You have to go there that day and get them, and they might squeak one out. Um, they're pretty tight about that, and I mean that's what that's what the Dixon Mystique's all about. Like, if you don't get it, you ain't gonna ever get it. Supply and demand. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I was fortunate enough to do it my way, and it was a cool way, and I think it was kind of a way to uh, up the ante on the exclusiveness of mine over, over any of the other ones, man, because couldn't get them online, 
couldn't get them at my shop here in Phoenix. You got to only get them at at Sturgis. And then, I mean, the, like the first five dudes in line bought like fifty each, so they're out there on on eBay. And there's dudes selling them through the through the network. I mean, there's a dude that hits me up that's that's in town, and he's like, "Hey, man, I still have forty of those flannels. So if you know anybody, if anybody comes at you to buy one, just send them my way." Two hundred dollars for a flannel. So I mean, I'm, I'm getting people paid. <laughs> well, I mean, if he's not too outrageous, fucking give him my phone number. Cause yeah, no problem. Dude. We'll <laughs> just I was kind of, I'm not going to lie, dude. I was kind of pissed off because, like, I saw that shit. I was like, bro, like, that, that shit's hard. Like, I want That's one. Why I did it, dude. Like, I didn't want everybody to have it. You know, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm well, God damn it, Jeff. I'm in the military. I got a bunch of motherfuckers telling me what to do, and they got a bunch of motherfuckers telling them what I can do. Right. I couldn't go to start this motherfucker. I just want a flannel. Well, there's lots of people. There's still flannels out there, man. So I'll, I'll have my buddy Curtis get in touch with you, man, and, and we'll get you one, all right? Hey, it's a 3X. Whoa, wait. <laughs> fuck you, you big motherfucker. That is not what I wear. I wear a large. Thank you. Oh, I wear 3X. You wear a 3X? All right, cool. Never mind. I, yeah, it's I, a man I, size. I retract, I, 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 I retract part of that statement. Just part of it, though. Remember, you know I, told, why, too. I told you about my brother, Rito. What are they ones? Love it, dude. Yeah. Man, like I feel like I'm back home right now. There's a lot of dudes and likes and sentences. Oh, dude, I'm totally dude and like guy, man. Fuck, I was, I'm totally fucking Anaheim white trash, dude. And yeah. I'm punk rock white trash as you get, dude. Like repeat myself three fucking times. Say, bro, dude, rad. I mean, fuck, dude. My old lady's like. I call her dude so much she's impervious to it now, you know. She grew up in LA, dude. She's a Hispanic girl. They don't fucking call women dudes up there. Like <laughs> Oh man, see San Diego, that's just like a that's just like a term for anything. Like I can call my chick, my dog, and my faucet dude. And yeah. it's it's yeah, everything's dude. They yeah. made a meme about that. Yeah, see, yeah. I can't I, I can't get used to that. No. Yeah, my my my, you my, my daughter's English language though, to be fair. Well, hold on, hold on. He speaks English. Queen's English. All right. Yeah. That was the joke. Um, so what do you have new coming out? Anything special coming out that you want to uh, talk about? Or We're doing, we're still doing a bunch of, uh, I mean, dude, like the daily shit of me testing and bike building. I'll have one more. Uh, you know, we did the COVID crossing ride, which was from uh, Virginia to California. Uh, we did the uh, ride to Stur- Smash to Sturgis. Uh, we're doing a California crossing ride from uh, in uh, late October from uh, San Diego to Oregon. And then we're going to do something for everybody else that lives in the country that wants to come out to Arizona and ride a loop with us. I think I'm going to call it something stupid. I like everything that rhymes. So, like, I think we're, the working title is the, the Snowbird Cycle Summit. Yeah. It's just going to be everybody gets together and rides the fucking motorcycles, dude. Like, um, that'll probably be December ish before Christmas. So, we'll have those rides. Um, we still have two or three more of the, the performance bike shows we're doing with Harley. Next week, we'll be in um, Four Corners. Uh, we'll have an Arizona show that'll happen during that time of that ride, and then a California show that's going to happen during the time of a ride. Uh, probably working with uh, John Jessup up in uh, NorCal on doing uh one there he's got a big shop he does a lot of shows there bike nights and stuff so working on that and then next year hopefully full swing doing the shows with harley again and 
I really like doing these rides and I, I we usually have, you know, half a dozen to a dozen people jump on these rides at different points. So I think there, there's some value in doing that. Um, not necessarily in my pocket because if I build a bike, I'm crazy. I'll get a bike from a dealer and build it a new bike for every time. So there's a time crunch with that and it's bolt on stuff. It's nothing crazy. Um, but it allows me to test products in real time, show people the products going on, show people that they can be ridden or, you know, if it breaks, it breaks in front of a dozen people and the rest of the world. So, I mean, it's literally a really cool way to test parts. I get to ride, you know, I get, I get sponsorship from anywhere from say somebody like a Baron Jaeger whiskey from Germany all the way to, I mean, uh, I mean, you name it like calm systems or whatever. So, I mean, they pay a sponsorship fee to be on there, but the money goes just in the gas tank and the oil changes of the trailer and, and truck. And, and I mean, if you're there, we feed you every night and we fuck around and go to the bar. And so, I mean, the money's already blown. <laughs> there's oh, no yeah. investment in those, but for me, it's, it, it, there's a lot of value in being able to, to have a group of people involved in something that, that will change their lives um bucket list kind of shit with these shows and with these rides um for me you know it's it, it i hate the term experiential but it really really is um that for a lot of people and people have been trapped in their houses all year so being able to, to peek in on my instagram and see what we're doing and where we're going and i mean dude we've had people in we've had people chase us down on the road with cameras and stuff like oh we knew we were going to go this way today so we waited and we wanted to say hi and I mean, it, it's been crazy. Or people just join up on the ride. I don't even know who Beach Visionary is. What are you guys doing? You know, I'm just out here riding because I hate my wife because I've been stuck in the, the <laughs> house with her for six months. Like, I mean, it's been it's been a really weird, cool year. And and to be able to hone the craft of these events and and these rides for me, it's only going to be going on bigger and bigger next year. Oh, yeah. You know what you just described was kind of like the movie Forrest Gump, where he's running, <laughs> and everyone is chasing him. And I never uh, really that way, man. Hey, that's that's yeah, that's a taste of some true freedom right there. Yeah, and I mean that's the deal, dude. I mean, I, I you know I'm just this fucking dirtbag punk rock kid that started getting tattooed at 16 after he forged his driver's license in 1986, and you know I, I never I never thought I would amount to any fucking thing in my life, dude, and to be able to to have the, the, the freedom I do for a job and the friends I, I've made along the way. And, and you know, it's, it's fucking rad, dude. I, I couldn't imagine doing it any other way. And it's hard. Like, I come in the shop and yell at the dudes at work here and, and screaming fucking bitch at my old lady about crap for no reason. But, I mean, like, I, I, I'm living the fucking good life, dude. Like, Give me a couple grand and I'll be even fucking happier. But till then, I'm fine. <laughs> and then, how do people get involved with those rides? Is that people that are manufacturers, employees, you know, um, anything that wants to do anything? Like once I once I throw the graphic up, it's usually an outline of what we're doing, and then people are super down with it, and then they can join up and just ride with us, man. Like I usually do. Like this is where we're riding. Like I'll say, hey man, if you, if you want to do the ride with us, DM us. And then I'll send you a ride plan of, of the mileage, where we're going to leave from, where we're stopping. And usually, I mean, I, I've, I've had a good relationship with Holiday Inn and Holiday Inn Express throughout the years. So they don't sponsor me or anything. 
but I, I always fucking make sure we stay there. So everybody knows, hey, if they're stopping in this town, Jeff Holt's going to be at the, at the Holiday Inn Express. So, I mean, it, it works really cool. And just being accessible is, is, is cool. You know, a lot of back in the old magazine days, dude, like magazine editors, like they lived on this high tower and, and you know, they didn't go anywhere. They just wrote things and they kind of wrote down to their readership. And because um, they were all fucking college graduates and, and this and that, literary people. And I ain't that guy, dude. Like, I barely form a sentence. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's good. Like I tell people, you know, like I'm very fortunate in this game, man. And I'm very fortunate to have a group of people, y'all included that, that support me and that want to be part of my fucking deal. That's, that's dope as fuck, especially for, I mean, like what we do is, you know, we don't do this for money. We don't get paid. This is specifically to help dudes in the culture, bikers, you know, education and just to promote it. Um, and it's cool to see that someone is doing that with those same kind of ethics, you know, even though it's a business for you, that same kind of ethical, you know, approach to it. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just a matter about, you know, like the way I grew up, you know, it was kind of, you know, I, I was, I grew up aggressive. I grew up really fucking, um, you know, not giving a fuck about people or their feelings or, or what I had to, or what I could do for them or get from them, dude. And, and I learned, you know, in my twenties, I'm 51 now, we're 52 in November. I fucking learned real quick. That's a hard way to fucking live, man. And, uh, you know, being po- very positive person, positive mental attitude, get that PMA, you know, and it's changed my life for the better, you know, being open, sticking my hand out to somebody I've never met in my life and say, Hey, my name's Jeff. How you doing? You know, it's a, it's a really weird thing to do for some kid that didn't give a fuck about anybody, you know, like being able to, to change your whole mindset over, you know, the, the course of a decade or, or more is, is not an easy thing to do because you can always fall back on your default. And, um, you know, this job has helped me be in people's faces making it happen. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I got I got one more thing, too. Well, yeah. actually, actually, too. You know, I just I just thought it was funny. Right. So. We're talking, you know, back in the day, how editors would like write down to their people, and you know, like like you said, like all these these college graduate fucks, and it's just like I'm sitting here going, like, I'm sitting in a in a, in a fucking chat room with a dude that's got a doctorate that's on the same level, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's all good, dude. I mean, I don't have a problem with higher education. Don't get me wrong. I, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, it wasn't in the picture for me. I mean, no, I, no, no, no. But I think it's well, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, he's he's correct though because um, those there's one thing with being educated and using your education in a in the right way. If you really want to teach somebody, you can't teach talk down to them. You right. have to speak on their level. You have to speak in a way that they can understand and that that's that that they're ready to receive. People learn in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, academia can be very snobbish. Oh, definitely. <laughs> believe me. Believe me. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's actually re- it's, it's refreshing to hear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, and and, it's, and that was more of a you know kind of looking back then, right? Because I'm only I'm only a few years younger than you are, Jeff. Yeah. You know, look looking back then, you know, even from like my understanding or like my my memory, you know, it was like, oh my god, the guy went to college. Like, I probably shouldn't talk to him. I'm the son of this fucking dirtbag biker, and like, he buys name brand cereal. You know, like. You know, and then 
you know, look at us today. Like, we, we're just four fucking dirtbags here. We got one that's got a doctorate degree. You know, I'm not going to put tragic business on blast because that's that's up to him. But, everybody like, dude, I got my bachelor's. What's that? So everybody already knows I'm a nurse. Okay, so, like, this, you know, this motherfucker. He punches people in the face. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I think today, today we don't really have classes like we did then. Like, everybody, like... You know, it's like a fucking John Hughes movie. Like, oh, these rich people, and then oh, you're this guy down here, and you know, you don't ever want to mix with those guys, or trouble's gonna happen, or you know, the rich girl and the poor guy, and you know, all this fucking dog shit. Now, people are on more of a level playing field than than ever. Um, I think you're, more people are are edu- better educated than they have been due to the education system, whether it's pre college and, and all the way down. Or just people going googling their shit and learning what the, learning what they want to learn. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think in all honesty, like the, the computer's been great for that. Um, social media has been great for that. Um, higher education, like you know, definitely pushing. You know, my kid to, to, to you know, my kid's thirteen, and like I, I already told him, there's no fucking way you're not going to go to university. There's no fucking way you're not going to go to a four year fucking university. It, you automatically put that in your head now that you're doing that. Whatever you want to do after that, that's fucking fine. But you're going to go to a fucking real college. And we're going to spend all that fucking money. And you're going to fucking excel at it. Then you can go be a drug addict in the fuck street after that. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. But that's that's my plan for my kid. My kid's already always known that. Well, I mean, at least going for the girls, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, just good just enough keep them out of the military because then they just end up as some little rent podcast host. <laughs> but one thing about this life is that's a great equalizer. It doesn't matter. You know, we're all from different walks of life, but we all believe in the same thing. We're all after the same thing. We, you know, we get there in different ways, but you know, in the end, it's about the bike. It's about the, you know, it's about the love it's about of the road. Life, man. You know, and 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 just there's nothing better. Like people that that don't ride motorcycles, they have no fucking clue. Like, remember the first time you got on a bicycle outfit, and then the first time you got on a fucking motorcycle, that feeling was amplified a thousand times. Like the ultimate freedom that you have in, in your life. And yeah, it's fucking dangerous. And yeah, we all know people that have died and that will fucking die. But I mean, as far as I, as far as I go, dude, like I mean, I'm never not going to ride a motorcycle. Like, I mean, I'll tell you guys another story. I know we're kind of going long, but um, my dad is paraplegic. Uh, from a motorcycle accident that happened in uh, 1976. And um, bad accident. I spent six months in the fucking hospital in a body cast. Um, he's still alive. Like, he, he was only supposed to live like 12 years after the fact. He's like almost fucking 80, dude, pushing a wheelchair. Um, but as you can imagine, when that shit happened and, and when I was a kid, motorcycles were completely out of any sort of question I had about anything. Um, and guess what happened? Like, I, it's kind of the case in point that you can't tell me I can't do something because I will make it my fucking life's work to do that. <laughs> and I have. <laughs> and I can't like, cool with it now, but like, you know, it took a while. Yeah. Well, you know, writing is life changing. You can't really explain it to anybody. And I have a um, female friend, her, her husband rides and he had had an accident and she came to me and was like, how do I tell him to stop writing because he's not doing it enough. But how do I do that without being the bitch that wants to make him stop doing right. what he loves doing? And I was like, you don't. There's, <laughs> there's no there's no win-win. Either you got to suck it up 
or hope he comes to that conclusion on his own if it's not really that important to him. But if you Indeed. try, you can't. It's it's in us, and it will always be. Yeah, I'm the same way. That's you know, true. I think, I think you know, all of us, you know, our wives, our girlfriends, you know, they'd have the same reaction. Um, you know, because like when I wrecked, I wrecked in uh, what was that? It was like 2013 or 2014. I wrecked a Buell XB12R. Uh, you know, fuck, blew my leg apart. You know, this and that—that's the bike. Which is why I'll never own another sport bike, you know. Even though it was a sports promoter, you know, but no matter, was, man, those things are all business. Yeah, yeah. Well, I f- fucking, I fucked around and I found out. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna give you the details of it, right? But I'm in the hospital, you know. I fucking, you know, blew my kneecap apart, and there's all sorts of like fun spaghetti that you can check out. And uh, I'm on my phone because they kind of they loaded me up with fucking pain meds because they knew that the in the ambulance because they knew the hospital wasn't going to so this chick just fucked me up so i was like fucking thanks hombre i appreciate you but you know i'm fucking sitting here texting back and forth with this dude because i don't like i'm not even really aware that i'm alive anymore like i'm just kind of floating and uh, i look over at my wife and we had only been married for you know a year or two at this point i was just like oh shit babe what's the uh you know hey does this guy have uh have the key to the garage She's like, why Why the fuck do you need to know about that? I was like, oh, well, I got this. You know, this guy, he's buying what's left of the Buell, and that's over at Brian's house. And then this guy, he's going to sell me his Dyna. And I just, you know, does, does Brian have the key to the garage? Because this guy needs to put the bike in the garage, you know? Like, I already transferred him the money. Like, it's mine. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I haven't even had stitches yet. Like, no MRIs, no X-rays, no nothing. And then the fucking, you know, she kind of lost her shit on me. Understandably. Understandably, yeah. right? Like, I'm still bleeding actively. Mm. And she lost her shit on me. And the fucking nurse is like, yo, like, do you need to, do you need, like, a domestic fucking lawyer or anything like that? I was like, no, nah, man. I was like, fucking. No, I'm, I'm, just I'm, just I'm, just I'm good. Just give me more morphine, though. Like, I'm down for that. Right. Another <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Well, it's not about trouble like that. It was the old lady for crashing. It was it. She didn't hear it from me. She heard it yeah. from someone else couple hours later so yeah readers if you ever go down just let it know right away that's word of advice because that's a that's a hard one to recover from the truth will set you free yeah man <laughs> well, do we have any other questions for jeff you got anything else you want to share as far as uh you know web page uh just uh v2envisionary.com at v2envisionary at jeff g holt hashtag v2envisionary hashtag jeff g holt that's about it man yeah, man. So we're and uh, we're gonna tag all this shit on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, right? We're gonna tag all this. We're gonna hashtag all this too. Uh, but one of the other things that I wanted to point out, right, is that old Jeff G. Holt here doesn't just do part reviews. He doesn't just do badass rides and Instagram posts. Um, him and his team, right? Because because you said you're not the between visionary. You have your team, right? Um, you fucking make badass articles too, right? And I'm I'm not like, oh, you should only read my shit, right? I mean, even though we have two badass historians, we got Andar and Drifter with us, right? Probably some of the most best or some some of the best historians that I've ever met. Um, but I do kind of want to give one of your guys a shout out because I was kind of cruising around on your fucking mm-hmm. Facebook or your uh, website today. By the way, thanks for emptying my fucking wallet this afternoon. Uh. <laughs> Uh, but Mark Masker, 
Yeah, man. Bro, hit home with that uh, the Harley Davidson in the military service history article. Yeah, dude. He here's the deal about Mark Masker, man. He's been he's been my fifth Beatle my my whole career. Like he worked at Hop Ike with the editorship before I I joined up and um, subsequently got got let go or quit. I don't fucking know. And he was always coming back in and freelancing with me at Hop Ike. Uh, he got to the point when when like we started a Hop Ike with seven editors and then it ended up being me and a photo editor at the end. So, I mean, there was like no room for, for anything but a freelancer and called Mark Masker. I was like, man, I need you. And as always, homeboy was like, yeah, no problem. And then once I got shit canned, you know, him and I are, you know, have always maintained a great relationship, being great friends. And I was like, hey, man, I, I don't want this to stop. Like I'll do, I don't even have a thousand dollars in my bank account. But when I get the money, I will pay you. He was the first paid employee for Veto and Visionary. Um, still probably the only monthly paid employee. But the guy lives in Alaska now. He's from Alaska. He moved down, lived in the South Bay of L.A., and then moved back to Alaska um, with his dad. And they just go hunting for caribou. Like, the dude um, is one of the most amazing cooks I know. He's written for... Every food magazine in the world. He has his own food blog, pizza blog, barbecue blog. The fucking guy's amazing, man. And, and he's this nerdy little elfish guy that doesn't have a tattoo on his body. You, you know, male pattern baldness, little weird ears, like the whole deal, man. Like he's the most unbiker biker besides my partner, Dave Rowe, um, who looks like some, some dude in, I don't know, a pop collar. With fucking gla- like little tiny glasses. Oh no! Like like Jersey Shore meets like preppy college. Oh, yeah. Now he has like one of those old beard things, and he's good. But I mean, those two dudes let me let my freak fag fly, and those guys can fucking definitely be you know under the radar guys. And Mark Masker, like I said, dude, um, half the shit wouldn't be wouldn't be as good as it is without his writing. And like you know, he's the guy that likes to stay up. And he, I don't even, he doesn't even have an Instagram or Facebook or anything. He likes to just wake up at one in the morning and, and write features till dawn. And I mean, that's something that, that I used to really like to do, but, but, but running this business, I, it doesn't really afford that anymore. And posting on Instagram five times a day and, you know, bolting parts to bikes and getting them on the dyno and, and, you know, doing all this other stuff. And it's just really like intense. And to have a guy that, that knows motorcycles, as well as me, if not better, um, on my team, making shit happen is, is fucking unreal. Hell yeah, dude. That's what's up, man. And that's, that's pretty, pretty fucking high praise. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I've also, uh, I've also haven't had dinner in. How many tall cans? Six. (laughs) That's my dude right there. (laughs) He's going for the case. I like it. Case yeah. I brought the I brought the whole case with me this time. So you're supporting the USO by drinking that beer, though. I am. I am. <laughs> Fucking goddamn Keystone Light. What's up? Damn. I'm on. I'm, I'm getting wired over here. My <laughs> <laughs> nice. Shit. I'm a fucking mess. Don't. <laughs> 
We're well, don't, don't get him started. He's going to talk Every about his one of us. 30 days of quarantine. So it oh, started God. when I was seven. Oh, shit. Hashtag me too. <laughs> oh, I get fucked. This is my story. <laughs> I love it, dude. You guys are awesome, man. Too bad Drifter. Drifter would have loved to um, get a chance to speak to you. He's our, okay. our resident historian. We'll do some in the beginning of the year or some shit, man. Like, yeah. I'm always going to do anybody's show. I yeah, love it. He's real big on Indian. Do you guys do anything with uh, Indian parts? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I was one of the first guys to, to ride multiple miles on the, the new Challenger. It's an amazing bike. Um, my girlfriend Maggie's doing something with the motor co- with Indian. Um, I guess they are the motor company too. Um, with uh, Indian, she we're doing a girl scout project where she's gonna she's getting a scout sixty from them and. She grew up, uh, her father was a mechanic and a metal worker and a upholsterer and everything. He's an amazing man. Um, in Mexico, he used to race cars. Like, fuck, dude's amazing. Um, and uh, she's really handy with the wrench. Like, she changes her own oil, does her own brakes on her car, like, legitly. And uh, so I'm going to have this bike, or she's going to have this bike with Indian, and she's going to learn how to lace wheels up for it uh, with a guy. Um, she's going to do the body work. Like she's going to pound out a tail section with Justin here at torch. Uh, who's one of the best metal workers in the business, um, any business. And, uh, she's going to put all the parts on the bike and ride it. So that's kind of her, uh, winter project and it'll be all documented on, uh, on between visionary too. So, I mean, uh, definitely the, the women riding thing is, is hot and cool and all that shit right now. But I think it's very important for our, for our, uh, lifestyle to, to stay legit is having more women and, and uh, you know, people of color riding shit, dude. Just can't all be a bunch of fucking white dudes out there. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I feel it's that. in general. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, luckily, you, know, grow, you know, growing up in SoCal and, and living in L.A., like, it was always that way. There was always girls and, and people of all colors riding riding bikes, you know, from the time I couldn't even ride a bike. And then you kind of you – go to Sturgis and go to Daytona or used to go to Daytona and things like that, man. It was just like the white guy show. And now it's super badass. You can go anywhere and there's everybody doing their own thing. It's a big party and everybody's riding. And I mean, just dudes in their motorcycles and, you know, you can hang out with a group and then you can split and do your own thing. Like, I mean, that's what is the best part about this kind of communal thing where people go to these things and do these things across the country and then disband and go, their own way and join back up. I mean, it's it's not unlike. I mean, it's unlike anything else. Absolutely. It sounds yeah. like it sounds like you got a you know like maybe a she twin visionary. <laughs> in the future, you know what I'm saying? Hey man, Maggie wants to do it. She's the boss of that division. All right. Well, so, yeah, you can have that free of charge, man. <laughs> I would take it. Make it up. Um. So, Blade, what you got? You got any closing statements for us? Not really. It's just been fascinating to hear. Um, I'm kind of jealous the way, <laughs> you know, cut, you know uh, I'll get there in terms of I look forward to having that kind of freedom in my life. And, Come on, uh, do it. that's all you got to do. And more than likely, I'll stop in and see you in Phoenix, COVID willing. Um, I had planned to be there in October or November anyway. So let me know, man. That's good. Good riding weather, a bunch of good stuff. You come check out the shops, what everybody's doing here and meet a bunch of cool yeah. people. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Same. My family lives in Arizona, up in Prescott Valley, so they're constantly on my ass about me coming out there. 
I'll definitely be stopping through. And we'll fix that bike up. Hell yeah, dude. Definitely. Uh, if, I, if I ever make it back to San Diego, you know, I'll definitely make sure I make a trip out there. My, we, we got a bunch of in-laws out there in, uh, in Phoenix and in Mesa. Uh-huh. Um, you know, my, my cousin, he, he's a, he's a tattooer out there at, uh, Man Up Tattoo, Nick Man, he's the owner there. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, fucking super dope dude, man. So, like, if you ever feel like getting your face tattooed, because that's, like, all you have left. That's the only part I got left, so. Yeah, fucking <laughs> go hit him up, dude. He does, he does great shit, you know. Um, but, dude, Jeff, thank you so much for fucking uh, doing man, Thank you guys, for real, dude. I, I appreciate it. it. I had a lot of fun. Absolutely. Truly appreciate it. You know, like Tragic said, we got to get you back on and uh, get you get you talk with Dave and Drifter because those guys are going to fucking lose their shit, man. You know, Anytime, I know they're, they're, they're going to hear this and be pissed off that they weren't here for this. <laughs> Anytime. Seriously, just hit me up, man. You got Absolutely. my number. Absolutely, man. And then don't forget to hit your homie up. I want one of those fucking flannels. I'll pay right. for it. I'll hit him up right yeah. after I get off this Skype. All right. I appreciate you. <laughs> no problem, Doug. So, hey, guys, we uh, we appreciate you guys fucking listening to us again today. Um, you know, whatever your uh, your streaming platform is, whether it's Spotify, Breaker, whatever, I don't give a fuck. We just appreciate you listening to us. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram, 4 for the Road, and at V-Twin Visionary, right? Yes, sir. Homie Jeff, some love here. Um, and then if you're listening on YouTube, all this shit's going to be posted in the um, in the description below. So make sure that you like to subscribe to us. Because if you don't, you suck. Uh, and then go follow Jeff and his project at V Twin Visionary. Because if you don't, you're you're a fucking nerd. So <laughs> last words from punk rock there, and uh, I'll probably apologize for those later. Never. Thanks. All right, fucking Jeff said never. Fuck you guys.